Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, and joined in studio as always, Randy, the patriarch of productivity, Angston. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day. Also, a special guest, Amanda Goolsby, joining us, talking about some cool pre-sale stuff. She came from Orange Theory, and you, actually, I'm going to let her explain some of these numbers because they blow, like, blow my mind, and we're, we'll get into that here in a second. A couple other things, guys, before we get started. The Fit Pro Growth Summit is sold out, so... I know I've been getting a lot of DMs and uh, emails about it. We probably will run another one, but as of right now, this one's sold out. Scottsdale's sold out. If people cancel or fall out, I'll, I'll shoot an email out, but sorry, you can't get in. So anyways, we're, ex- <laughs> we're excited about that event, and we're happy to have Amanda here. She is here local, local Scottsdale resident, yeah. so welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. She didn't know what she was getting into today. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> so I know these uh, episodes kind of release on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but today is, in fact, Wednesday, which what does that mean, Randy? That means the whiskey's involved. Uh, whiskey Wednesday. Whiskey Wednesdays are the best. So I emailed Amanda before the show. I was like, hey, um, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. but fortunately, it's Whiskey Wednesday, it and we've got some great whiskeys on tap today. We've got Chestnut Farms. Mm. It's a nice Kentucky bourbon blend. And then we have our, our old faithful 1792 which, guys, if you haven't tried that, if you're whiskey guys and girls, jump on yeah, that. Yeah, delicious little blends. What do you think about it? You know, I don't often choose whiskey, if ever. It's probably been a good decade since I've had whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> Cheers. Probably since I was 21. So. Cheers. Well, welcome. <laughs> well, we, we'll drink to that. <laughs> but it's actually not as bad it's as I as thought bad it would as you be. Thought, yeah, we watered it down for you. Obviously, you can see how this one's going to go. Yeah, so Amanda, I was excited. Eric emailed me, right, introduced us over email, and I know that you live in town. So he basically gave me a little background. Well, I want for the listeners, I want you to tell your story real quick. Don't take too long, okay? <laughs> but go into your story a little bit, and then like, like tell us you started when you are 15 years old, and, te- and now we are, we're not going to tell your age, but here we are today. Tell me that story really quick. Okay, real quick. So Time's up. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So I started in the fitness industry yep. as my very first job, small town, southwest Washington, and I was selling gym memberships, hustling gym memberships, yeah. and then doing client orientations on the equipment when people would come in. Cool. Um, so through high school, I realized, you know what, like, I have a passion for this. I want to take it to the next level. So I got my personal training cert, okay. started doing PT, Certified. opened my first business, uh, my first LLC the week I turned 18 and started personal training out Super of that cool. gym. Very cool. So I went on to study exercise science at Washington State and did personal, yeah, the Cougars, <laughs> and did personal training, taught group fitness and helped run the Snap Fitness franchise that was there in Pullman when I was there. And it wasn't until after college and moving down here, actually, I made a transition in late 2011, moved from Portland to Phoenix. And about four months after I got here, I was like, you know what? Like, it's been four months since I had been out of fitness and it just felt like I was missing this big portion of my life. And I got on Craigslist 
looked for fitness studios that were hiring yeah. and this unknown brand I had never heard of called Orange Theory Fitness popped yeah. up. So I submitted my resume and a headshot just for good measure. <laughs> good just job. Just for good measure. Good job. And got a call back and interviewed the next day. So nice. started with a company when there were about around 10 locations open around the country wow. okay. and two locations here in Arizona. So was Arizona like outside of Florida yep. where they started? Was Arizona one of the first locations? Yeah, like, yeah one wow. of the first four states to open. Just, just so happened this, to be. Yeah, this North Scottsdale location yeah. was actually uh, license number three. I don't know if they were actually third to open, but it was Studio 000, or still is, Studio the one 0003. Around, uh, Mayo. Mayo, yeah. Interesting. We lost some clients to them early on. Oh, Yeah. That's no, all good. No, it's all good. They all came back. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the start of the journey with Orange Theory. And that was when I really made the transition from being in the fitness side of the fitness business mm -hmm. to the business side of the fitness business. Okay. And uh, began being mentored by the, the era rep that owned the rights to mm -hmm. all of Arizona. And so moved into a regional position here in between like 2012 and 2014, uh, was responsible for supporting franchisees, supporting new studio launches. Okay. And we opened up to about 14 locations over the course of just over two years in Arizona, in Arizona alone. Okay, cool. Arizona alone. So 2014, I began to kind of explore out to other parts of the country. People were starting to develop. So I helped launch studios in South Carolina, did a turnaround in Kansas, yep. and then moved on to, to Salt Lake City. So the growth of the brand continued to expand. And the best part is having been a part of it from the early days, it yeah. gave me the opportunity that by a few years in, I just had this wealth of knowledge that I am so grateful to have sure. been in at the early part because as you see a brand grow and evolve from day one where we're writing our own workouts and yeah. every single day to the point where technology is now being introduced to the point where no one knows how to use the M mind body online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like self-teaching reports to the point where I could in four, 40 hours train a, a franchise owner and their sales staff how to fully wow. operate a business. And on day five, I'm just sitting back and like watching them, observing them That's operate. So, cool. yeah. so getting the opportunity to travel around the country and do that was quite a fun period of time. But I transitioned, found there's a couple guys out of Atlanta that were had opened a couple of studios, partnered up with them, flew mm -hmm. out to Atlanta and said, okay, Oregon's the next place to go. So they had one studio there, but no one overseeing the rights. So we moved into the area rep position there in Oregon. In 2016, we launched a pre-sale there for our first studio in the Oregon market right. that opened with uh, just a right around 600 members by wow. the end of our first 30 days. Amazing. So we were doing, with the price point that we were at, we did, we had a million dollars in reoccurring revenue. Before you opened. Before we opened. Man. So the, hit the button, we call Hold it, on. you know. <laughs> did, you, did you guys understand what you just said? Pre-sale, not even open yet. Day one, they're doing over $80,000 in reoccurring revenue. It's yeah. a million dollar business before they even had one expense. I mean, reoccurring expenses. So that's awesome. Okay, cool. And it's a process. That's the, oh, yeah. the key is that like everyone wants that level of success, but not everybody is willing to do the work to that it, it takes, takes to achieve that level of success. I could agree to that. Yep. And as Oregon, yeah, we launched that studio successfully. We had franchisees opening. And so 
in total went from having like one location in Oregon to 10 locations in the course of a year. Under under your yeah, guidance? under like, our guidance. Th- you were part owner of all yeah. those? Yeah, so I was a managing partner, so I'd help a franchisee launch, mm-hmm. train their staff, and then oversee our staff in our studios that were located there. So our growth continued and we bought other studios mm-hmm. that were either under operating or, sure. uh, or in new markets where we were able to buy licenses. And then um, had the opportunity to take over the southern UK. So I moved to London for a period of time. And there was three studios there that it was interesting. A big box, like the largest fitness company in London and just in Europe is like David Lloyd Leisure. They run like big box leisure clubs. And they bought Orange Theory back in the day, but it wasn't their priority. Like small boutique studios was never their thing. So they just never made it a priority. So finally... We had the chance to come in and help with the turnaround. And now they've opened more studios and the brand's starting to take more of a foothold. But it's interesting because it was in another English-speaking country. You'd think the early days, it would have developed fast like the U.S. was, but there was just not someone leading the charge. There's always a lag. Like we work with a lot of Australian clients and it always seems like they're about five years behind trends. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the same over there. Wow. Okay. So now you've got these studios in Oregon. You got the thing in UK going on. Yeah. Atlanta, Chattanooga, South Carolina. So altogether, we had 15 studios in the U.S. and three studios in London. And that was over a period of about 18 months. We went from those two locations to 18 locations in 18 months. So almost one a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we opened 10, acquired six, and then had two that were open. But it it was rapid growth. And it taught the lessons in growing a business are one thing. The lessons in scaling at the level of employees and mm-hmm. team and culture and how you how you scale a culture across multiple states and multiple time zones. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and different demographics yeah. and things like that. I mean, yeah. I'm from the Midwest. What appeals to the Midwest is not what appeals to us here in totally. Arizona. Like that is a different person for the most part. Yeah. You know? So even so. the culture within the studios and the team that was hired. Mm-hmm. But ultimately that level of growth gave me the understanding of, okay, like if a brand or if an organization is wanting to scale, there's very specific components Mm -hmm. of growth that need to be in place to be able to scale at that level. Absolutely. I could speak for many of the gym owners. We hate it when an Orange Theory opens in our market. We just hate it. I mean, it's just competition and that's just so well known. Now you're competing against this national brand and you've got, they've got this game plan that you're going to speak to us about that opens the doors with 600 members, probably a hundred of them are your members going over there. And so that's tough. So, so Orange Theory has got this extreme growth and then now we're not with Orange Theory anymore. Yeah. So I exited in the summer of 2017 and, you know, just had the desire to branch out, to Mm -hmm. be able to impact and speak on stages and do the things that I was really passionate about, both from a business consulting and coaching perspective and yeah, I've been able to to get the opportunity to, to do that. Yes. Looking forward to Beautiful. some of the brands that I now get to work with. It's like, okay, it doesn't have to be so hard. Like you're at a hundred units, but the growth from a hundred to five hundred and then to a thousand, there's a learning curve that can be skipped, you know? So that's a big thing that I'm passionate about now is like, hey, don't make all the mistakes that I made and and that we made in scaling. Yeah. And here's here's the playbook to kind of Skip some Perfect. of those learning curves. As you hire, you hire shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, we talk about it all the time. We buy time. Buy right? time. So mm-hmm. anything that we can shortcut the process on, we're going to buy time. And that's so that's what you do. Now. That's awesome. Okay, so now I've got to dig a little deeper. i got to find out what's going on with these pre-sales. Because we work with some, actually, currently, we're working with two pre-sale clients right now. 
I know that when we talked before, it was like a little bit longer time frame. I mean, both of these gyms are opening within 30 days. Let's take people through kind of like the step-by-step. Obviously, they've got their location, they've got their name, their brand, everything. Construction's kind of getting in, in the permit stage. Like, what's the marketing game plan? What would you tell somebody that that is doing a grand opening right now? So what I would say is, ultimately, if you go back just a little bit in their process, one thing that's really important is that they understand who they're marketing to. And what I mean by that is, I believe that a lot of facilities and gym owners, they have this idea that they're for everyone. Well, like, I can help anyone. I can serve anyone. Like, I can change everyone's life. And that's probably true. But when it comes to a shortened period of time where you have the chance to market to an ideal client who ultimately is going to be the person that's going to say yes more often than not, I think it's really important to understand, yeah, who's our target demographic? And we obviously know our like geographic, which is ideally depending on what size city you're in, you know, one, three, five miles within your radius. But I think it's also important to, to be thinking about before you go into actually executing on marketing is who's my ideal client and then where do they live? Where do they work? Where do they shop? Where do they eat? Where do they spend time in your local community? Okay. Because yes, a piece of your pre-opening marketing it, that's really important is your online game presence, plan, yeah, your presence, online presence. Sure. Whether you're spending, I definitely suggest spending money on ads and I definitely suggest not trying to bootstrap it yourself during a pre-opening. It's like invest in a company who knows what they're doing, yeah. who has proven success in marketing so that your ad spend is actually getting you what you want and you're just not, you're not testing out the waters in pre-sales. Right. Because ultimately it's your only opportunity that your gym or your facility will ever be open where marketing and sales is your sole focus. Yeah, you, you, know? did, you did mention that. Like, what else mm-hmm. you got going on? I mean, yeah, you got the construction going on. You yep. got some busy work going on. But, like, you're not running clients through your gym. It's the only time you're not running clients. Let's get some uh, let's get some marketing sales. Okay. Right. So define your market. Obviously, where they hang out, eat, shop, where they live. We've decided we know that what that is. Okay, yep. then what's next? Next step is be committed to creating omnipresence in your community. Okay. What I mean by that is you need to become known within that 10 to 12 to 14 week period. Like ideally from my experience, I'd say the ideal length of time is about 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Okay. 12 weeks of marketing. 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 Higher two doors open. Yep. And mind you, what I mean by that is have a presence outside of your facility every single day. So it's like doors open. It's like we're open for business the day that pre-sale starts. So whether that's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 10 to noon on Saturday, or it's 9 to 6, whatever it is, commit to the hours that you're going to be present at your facility set up in a way that as one leads are coming into you, you can be working those leads. And ideally, you don't want to be selling on the phone like you can if someone really knows who you are and you're like ready to like they're, they're excited to buy, take a credit card over the phone. But the majority of the time, clients don't know who you are. They don't know what you do. And Yes, there's a discount or you have some sort of an offer, your, you know, your founding member rate yeah, or, we'll talk about that or your free weeks, whatever the offer is that you're going to be giving them and that they're going to be seeing in your marketing. But what I found is that people try to bypass the actual like sales process. And what I mean by that is just try to be closing people on the phone and then they wonder why they're not selling as much. And that's because they're selling on price. They're just trying to sell on their discount versus treating them just like they would a client if they were to come into their facility. Right. So if so, a client comes into your facility, you have a sales process yeah. in place, right? 
Step one, they do this. Mm -hmm. Step two, they do an intake form. You mm -hmm. get to know discovery, needs analysis, yes. find out about them so that when you come to the end of their free session, you get to make or your salesperson makes a offer and a recommendation based on what their goals are and what they're wanting sure. to achieve. It's the same thing in sales, in pre-sales. The only difference is that rather than going through a free session or a free workout, you show them what it would be like to go through that free workout. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. Yes. Okay. So what you see is people just trying to just sell on the phone. Like they're trying to sell price. Hey, we got this great deal coming up. Hey, you're going to get our best rate ever. Sign now. But obviously they're still a person. They still have needs. They want a specific result. They're not getting, you can't sell value, value on, over a number. on price, over the, especially over the phone. So you want them to come in, walk the gym, walk the space. Hey, over here, we're going to have our treadmills. Over here's rowers. You guys can't wait. Obviously, you want to be excited the whole time. And I was actually just uh, in our team meeting yesterday. We're just going over our 10-year anniversary here at Pulse in our team meeting. And we, I told the team, because it's not the same team that we opened with, the story. And we were selling people in the gym full of, there was pipes on the ground. There was dirt, there was concrete. There's no equipment, no paint, no walls. And we were so young first like oh my god I'm like, hello no gray hair i, I was like <laughs> there was we were, no, there we was were no so so excited i was showing people a diagram of where everything was going to be yep and we were signing people up every day and it was amazing the thing and this is something it's a common thread in the conversation we've been having lately and this is something that i think stands the test of time is you're not advertising you're marketing you're you're providing the solution to a client's problem and you're talking about the change that they're going to have the experience that they can or what they can experience yeah, or the, what they will experience yeah, it's, it's all of, everything it's, yeah it's 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 the client experience it's more than just cool you're going to get an hour session for 89 bucks like that there's nothing to be said about that and if that's the stance that the facility is making then they're only going to be focused on advertising and, and turn and burn and you're literally positioning as many people in front of you as possible cold, nothing, but that's not the community that we're part of. That's not the conversation that a good marketing business can rely on over the longevity. And You bring and up a good point. It's like, you need to tell my clients that are going through the pre-sales is like, you need to decide before you start selling memberships, what is the culture yes. that you're going to create in your studio for your members? Because that transfer of enthusiasm, like that's what sales is. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a transfer of enthusiasm. How enthusiastic okay. can you be 
about the product or service that you're offering. And when a client is, you're selling air in pre-sales, yep. like that was always our ongoing yeah. cheek. Yeah. We're selling air. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> you like this air, but you know, and you might, depending on your construction, you might not get the chance to walk them through the facility, but having some sort of mock-up, like we would always yeah. have a mock-up design of what's the studio going to look like. And I could walk someone through and say, and then the trainer is going to be doing this throughout the session and, you know, give them an overview yeah. of what it would be like to be a member in that facility. I know you said that you haven't exercised for a long time and that you have this fear of being in mm -hmm. like large groups. Here's how our, our trainers are going to be doing hands-on corrections throughout your session. Cool. So like giving them an overview of that in the pre-sale process, in the presentation, so that they understand what it would be like to be a member and they can start to feel and see themselves in your facility, which is really what you need in pre-sales in order for someone to be like, okay, well, here's my credit card. I love know? the beauty of how much that translates to the long term, like the sales of the clients that we're on the phone with. It's the same place that clients or like gym owners should be putting a lot of their focus in their conversation is the needs of the individual that's walking in and not the dollar amount that they're trying to sell them on. And, the, you know, we've been talking about this. The position that fitness marketing is right now is so much have weighted towards slapping people in the face based on value as a number as opposed to the solution to a client's problems. Yeah, the so, transformation. Exactly, right? We're selling the feeling and what you're going to receive at the end of your transformation and, and the process along the, the way. And all of that is really what we need to be speaking to, telling the story, not just – People don't care about your treadmills. Hey, that's my point. They don't care like, about we talked your about this the other, the, One of the podcasts <laughs> last two weeks, we did the certifications that you have, the the list of abbreviations behind your name, and like that. Th those are important, but that's not the selling point of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And this, it, I love that the conversation is the same. It doesn't change, and it shouldn't, because at the end of the day, what we're trying to get people to buy into is that transformation. Mm -hmm. And I'll even throw this out there. I would tell you that it's probably easier to sell on a pre-sale than it is once you're, once ding, you're ding, open. Ding. I, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> it's true. Because I'm thinking about my sale. I sold 100 people into the gym with dirt. There was, yeah. there was concrete <laughs> floors. And, and in construction, there's some some metal studs on the ground and a map like or a diagram of the gym. And to your point, it was all based on enthusiasm. I was so excited to open the doors. I was, this is my business. This we're going to crush. And then that the people could feel it. Energy breeds energy. And the, the you, coolest you, thing, you say it all the time. energy breeds energy. And there's still clients that signed up with me at the Grand Open that are still here today. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. We just had the conversation three, mo three months in. Ten years in. Is when, when we met. A decade in, yep. Three months in. So a decade in. Okay, so you touched on a couple things. Obviously, the pre-sale needs to be happening in, in your gym in person, not on the phone, but the hook. Like the hook is typically what drives a lot of the, the sales. You recommend a founder's rate. Talk about that. And I've got my own take on it, but talk about the founder's rate. And what, that, what does that mean? So I think it's really dependent. I'll start by saying this. It's really dependent on what your price point and your model is going to be when you open. Okay. So if you are a studio-based model where you're giving a where by giving a 20% discount, you're looking at 20 to 30 dollars off, maybe 40 dollars off a month at max. However, if you're a training facility where you're offering 350 dollars a month service, offering 20% off is a significant mm -hmm. reoccurring revenue over the lifetime value yeah, of a loss. customer. So I do believe that the offer, the hook needs to be individualized based on what okay. it is that you, your open model pricing is going to be. Right. The founding member rate is, 
I've seen it be powerful because people love the fact that they're grandfathered in. And as long as they're a member, they're always going to be in at that discounted rate. And that's part of the pre-sale pitch is that, hey, by reserving a spot now, you're grandfathered in at this discounted rate. As long as you're a member, you'll have access at that rate. Your right rate will never go up. So that is a benefit of that. You could still do a founder on a higher price point model. I just wouldn't make it 20, 30% off at the start. I would probably yeah. make it something more like 10% off, you know, yeah. $35 off their monthly reoccurring dues. It's still of value. Sure. And yeah. they have a reason for, hey, they're betting also on us selling them air. You know, yeah. they've never experienced <laughs> sure. it before. And you're giving them the benefit, right? And so my thought is with a specific type of model that only has a kind of a cap capacity. So like Orange Theory, most of them are the same size. Like, what's the cap that yeah. you can have in there? I mean, we had the largest studio in the country at one point, and we had 1,700 reoccurring okay. members. And that was like, that was a big, bigger studio. So it was you like can, four, there's over a 4, lot of 000. room to play. Yeah, I would say most, where probably capacity for most locations is probably around the like 11 to 1,200. That's running a class basically almost every hour of the day with like, three groups running through there the majority of the day. So like full capacity. Okay. So even with 1100 members, there's plenty of room to play with the founders rate, but with with different, there's a lot of models coming out and, you know, and like there's some that 200s max, you give somebody a founders rate, you're kind of, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, like for, for life. So maybe a short-term founders rate, Hey, first year is this or or first six months, for six months or first three months, depending on what your pricing model is. And then, the, the second layer of that is as a founder, giving them a period of founders weeks or VIP weeks, something that's, you know, Sweetening specialized the for them to come in and actually utilize the facility because yeah. the number one pre-sale objection, and I believe that this will always be is, well, I want to try it first. Sure. Oh, okay. Try before you buy. And so like, what if I try it and I don't like it? And so having that in place, having some sort of a period of a week of free sessions, founding member week or founding member weeks before, before open to grand the opening, before their credit card runs. So You're, run it almost like soft opening, like a restaurant would or something like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I like to say, hey, you're fully open in those weeks. That's your first week of one creating if you can create an amazing customer experience in those two mm-hmm. weeks, the founding members are going to stay yeah. and they're not going to say, well, I want to cancel my membership before it ever runs. Now, yes, you're going to, no matter what, you're going to always have drop off, whether it's people canceling because they never come in during the, the free week or weeks. Right. But those two weeks are important. I think from my experience and lessons learned round two, fill it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from my experience and lessons learned of if you have, let's just call it for the sake of. What, where, where I'm seeing most centers kind of having, let's say, have 300 founding members, okay? And those 300 founding members, they need to use the facility during those two 300 weeks. 300 founding members, yeah. They gotta... need to. You Like, you need to be hitting the phone as hard as you can to get people booked and sending out scheduling links. Because if they don't come in and use the facility, the likelihood of them falling off is so Greater. high. Oh, so yeah. you've done the work, you've got them signed, and now you still got to continue to work to get them to show. Right? And, and nurturing them through that pre-sale process. That's another mistake that I made in the early days. Sign them up and then don't talk to them for 12 weeks. So having an 
email nurture campaign that's going out. I've got having, some automation for that. Yeah, yeah. I hear that you're the guy for that. <laughs> yeah. um, having having a community event or two. If you're a yoga sure, brand, then host yoga in the park once a month leading up to the grand opening Very of your smart. studio. Or if you're a, a training brand, have the head coach that you've hired run a body weight workout in the parking lot of your facility Absolutely. so that everyone's like, what are these people doing? What's going on here? I want to be a part of this. One of the so, best things that we did was when we did like our large group training, we would take everybody outside and run down the block. And people are like, what is going on? We got more clients from people like, I saw you guys running. I want to do that. Oh, but the previous build that when you guys did the grand opening over there, yeah. so many of those sessions off the, our summer months here in Arizona were done outside. We had to. You had, uh, yeah, there were large, I mean, you had 40, 50 people showing up to, you know, every Saturday yeah. for those outdoor boot camps and stuff like that. And it, again, yeah, it's, we had to take it's, it outside. it's like a pole in the water, right? So many yeah. eyes are seeing this stuff happen. Yep. That it's like social proof. Exactly. Well, that's all right. Absolutely. So there's an elephant in this room, and it's how the hell did you get 800 people to sign up? Like, (laughs) we 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 know we know the which elephant in the room. (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the elephant I'm talking about. But uh, we're just kind of like brushing over. Yeah, 800 people signed up, but it's we talked (laughs) about we talked about the offer. Yeah. We talked about the weeks in advance. We talked about being enthusiastic. Yep. We talked about being omnipresent. But that still doesn't mean 800 people are going to sign up. Yeah. So what's what am I missing here? So I'll first first off, I'll start by saying I failed at my first pre-sale. Okay. Like Ahwatukee, Arizona, 2012. <laughs> I was handed that studio and it was like, oh, we got, <laughs> yeah. we got, we got to open in you three weeks. You got to pour a little out for three uh, weeks. We, we had three weeks and they Ooh, were like, okay. they said, okay, three weeks. And I, I come in, I'm like, I don't know what pre-sale is. I'm, it's middle of summer in Arizona. We did our best. We ended up having a, a pretty large grand opening and we opened with 150. Now in the world of your break even being 350, that's a significant loss that you're opening with member-wise, how much money you're losing, how much money we bled for the first 6 months of being open. So that pre-sale that we did, you know, 600 members and a million dollars in reoccurring revenue, I had personally launched and done about 6 at that time and I had trained about 20 of them at that time. So by that that's one step is like level of expertise and experience of what works, what doesn't, yeah. how do you overcome sure. objections, Absolutely. you know, ability to sell pre-sales. Uh, secondly is that level of dedication, shout out to Jordan Thomas, who was the studio manager running that pre-sale. I mean, her and I would be up at 6 a.m. with like, <laughs> with uh, like, up for her. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. uh, I mean, we did crazy stuff. Like yeah. we'd have 20 orange bikes that were that were duct taped orange, oh, and we you did them yourself. Yeah, we duct taped all of these old bikes, and we'd put twenty bikes out in the community, and then we had to move them like every three days. So just having a bike out there would make the sell. Just type in orange bikes into your phone. It was something that started in the early days of Orange Theory. It was a, it was a kind of purple cow marketing marketing Smart. idea, where cool. if you still to this day type in orange bikes. It will, Orange Theory is like the first thing that pops up on Google. Smart. Very smart. <laughs> so, you know. So you, you created that. No, no, I didn't create oh, that. I was, I was not the marketing genius. <laughs> I was no, giving you a no, shot. I'm, I'm pretty sure take... Terry Blichek uh, oh, in Tampa yeah. community <laughs> created that. But we utilize that as a as a marketing tactic okay. in the local market. Now, do I recommend you painting red bikes because you have red? No. But what I'll say is it was 16 weeks of hustle. There you go. Sure. 
16 okay. weeks, we were there every single day. We didn't miss a day. We didn't shut down because, you know, it snowed outside. Like, we were there making calls every single day. We were there doing outreach in the community, talking mm-hmm. to businesses. We were there handing out flyers at the grocery store, reusable grocery bags with a big splat on it, handing it out to 50 or 100 people. So, yes, we had leads coming in from social media, and we had amazing results from the campaigns that were running. And I, I'd say at a minimum, depending on the pre-sale, but like at a minimum, we're probably spending three to $5,000 a month on ad spend during the pre-sale yeah, okay. phase. But the thing that I think people go is like, whoa, that's a lot of money, like 5K a month, $15,000 just in our ad spend. But the thing about it is, is you hit your button with $30,000 in your first week even, like you doubled your ad spend just by the investment that you put in. That's the Not key. Not counting the fact that when you have 300 people talking about your brand in an area, it's Every, like yeah. wildfire. Yeah. So the growth, your growth trajectory goes significantly up. I mean, that studio specifically in Portland, Portland went from 600 to 1,048 members in a month, in a year. Okay. So that year doubled, almost doubled in membership. So it took you 16 weeks to get 600. It took you a year to get double that. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. But it's not, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just telling you guys, if you're doing a, like a grand open, this is your shot. This totally. is, yeah. You, you, this is your opportunity to make that. You can't sit back. Now, I know a lot of gym owners are, this might be your first gym. This is the episode to kind of rewind and listen to because we're giving you this. I mean, Amanda's breaking it down. Like she's not saying, hey, run a Facebook ad for one lead for a free week and good luck. No, it's on the ground, orange bikes, it's grocery stores, it's being out in the community, it's getting people to show up, being out there every single day. If you want the, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier, if you want the result that you achieved, do the work that you guys did. Unfortunately, few do. And I don't know that they wouldn't do the work. I don't think they're aware. Yeah. Well, and I agree. And I don't think there's, not, I'm not, if there was unwilling to do it, if there was just, just a playbook for grand openings, <laughs> do we ha- do we know where we can get one of those? <laughs> you know, I, I bet we can find out. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> so I've had so many people say to me, like in the wellness space and in the fitness space, "Hey, I, I want my business to open in the. I want to open in the black." Like I want to have, I want to be at break even or higher the month that the business opens. And as I've gone through this journey, I realized, hey, not only do people need to understand the playbook, which is one thing. And I decided, okay, well, I'm working with people, I'm supporting people, but ultimately I want to be able to reach Australia at the same time that I'm reaching the UK and reaching the US. And so about... 90 days ago, I really started taking all these years of experience and expertise and drawing out a curriculum. And I call it pre-sell the profit, which is five phases or five steps that you need to go through to have a successful pre-sell, starting with purpose, which is all about the mindset work and the why behind it, moving into the planning phase, which really digs into that, hey, what's your target market? What's your offer? How many staff members are you going to have? What's your schedule going to be like? Because you need to start hiring for that. If you're going to have two sales associates, well, start putting out, start doing your outreach for hiring. So all in the planning phase, 
And then I move into like a four-week phase of preparation, which is buying all your supplies, getting your signage up on your building, doing all of the steps that it takes to actually be ready to launch your business at the day your pre-sales goes live, which ideally would align with when your construction starts. And then I, I support them in moving through the production phase, which is obviously the important 10, 8, 10, 12, 14 weeks of selling, marketing and selling, marketing and selling, marketing and selling. And then moving into that like profitability transition, which is how do you transition into your free weeks? How do you set up your team and your culture for a powerful first 30 days of opening? So that because it's having done that so many times, Mm -hmm. I know like where people get lost because it's a law. You think organization, like the organization of pre-sales matters Mm -hmm. because think about members cancel or something, you charge their credit card and then they're pissed and then they're leaving reviews. I got to experience all of that. So I'm like, (laughs) here is the Excel document. Yeah. Track everything on this master Perfect. spreadsheet, you know? So you've got all that put together and we can get that at pfmarketingsolutions.com. <laughs> no, seriously, pfmarketingsolutions.com slash pre-sale. And that's going to go right to your course, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Pre-sale the profit. And the, the course... The course is one thing. It'll be live in probably three to four weeks at the most. I've just been recording all of the video content and online content for that. So smart. And then also I'll have an accelerator where if people want to receive my support through the process for six months, I'll have biweekly coaching calls that will go along with the course so that, you know, you can hop on and ask me what's the objection that you're getting and I can coach you through overcoming that objection and pre-sales. That's so, so solid. I mean, for gym owners that, well, I mean, think about it. You, you may have opened one, but you're opening another one. Yeah. You want to do it better? Yeah. Buy this course. If you're not new to gym ownership, buy this course. Here's the kicker. You get one shot at a pre-sale. Yeah. But think about all the listeners right now. They've already been open. Mm. Like, do they even tune out right now? No. What can we do for these folks that maybe we can leverage a re-grand opening? A re- like the energy of a pre-sale into a 10-year-old business, 5-year-old business, 20-year-old business. How do we do it? Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week Profit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. So I would say the first step is think about pre-sales from the standpoint of how committed you are during that time to marketing and selling. Mm -hmm. Okay, so your focus is marketing and selling. In an open center, you've been operating for whatever period of length of time. You need to recommit to a, a length of time okay. where you're going to have an extended focus and team and resources for marketing and selling. Okay. So it's like if you have been open for talking to someone in the Midwest that's in the Secret Trainer Society and shout out <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me, you know, hey, I want to re, re-grand open. I want to relaunch. Yeah. And I said, well, first off, here's a budget yeah. template, right? It's like plan for how much money you're prepared to invest for a period of time, it could be eight weeks. But if for eight weeks you extended an, an extra salesperson to be taking sales tours and sales yep, process, yep. you spent an, an additional amount of money on your re-grand opening marketing budget, and you made a commitment 
to being the most known business in your community for eight weeks. Okay, so it comes down to focus. Wow. It comes down to focus. Just like, just focus on this. Day totally. to day, that needs to just happen in the background. We're all in on this thing. All in. And so that's how you can, okay. Uh, some gyms change their name. Yeah, I was gonna say, that was my next question. Well, we have three clients that I know of that have done this. Frank, Nash, mm -hmm. From, went from Frank Nash Training Center, uh, whatever, Frank Nash so Training, to Stronger. Stronger. Rick Mayo went from North Point to Alloy. Alloy. And our buddy Jared Hobbs went from Bernier to Jim, J-I-M. You can throw in Chuck in, in the mix. Chuck went from CrossFit, CrossFit Hills Bros to Hillsboro Fitness. So Pacific? Hillsboro Fitness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he went from a CrossFit and got rid of that. If you're going to do that, now I know- But it's a common thread because the conversation happens all the time. Like I, the idea of it. If it made sense, I'd change a name for sure. Here. Because then it's a new, it's like energy. Because our not our clients, but people in the area, they're like, oh my God, a new, new gym. A new, a <laughs> yeah. new gym. Meanwhile, it's still going into my bank account and it doesn't matter <laughs> to me. I mean, granted, we've got SEO and everything ranked, our website, that, that kind of, you lose out on that yeah. side of it. But I mean, there's, some of this shit makes sense. Like change the colors, paint the gym, change the sign. Same company. Re-grand opening, yeah. Re-grand opening, 600 just sales. Throw, throw, throw a sign up that says under under same ownership <laughs> and just like new paint scheme. Like, what you is, don't even need to say that. You just say just, yeah, grand, just, just say grand opening. Grand opening. People are like, oh, that place Pulse Fitness went out of business. I'm like, yeah, it sure <laughs> did. But we got this. We <laughs> keep, got th keep the name. Just throw the sign up. We know the signs pay off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Still Pulse Fitness. Yeah. 10 years in, grand opening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to leverage that. You yeah. got to leverage energy. Yeah. And I don't know how other areas are. I know how Phoenix is. And you, you live here. When something new opens, yeah. brand loyalty doesn't exist in Arizona. I mean, my clients, God bless, they do. But I'm telling you, a new lifetime opens. Yeah. The Gold's Gym went out of business. It's like everybody goes over to the new The place. newest thing. The new yeah. Orange Theory. Yeah. When you guys the came out, thing. everybody went over there. It's like, guys, you don't even know if you like it yet, but it's they want to be cool or whatever. You want to be the first. I, I get it. Uh, so yeah, maybe tr try that on your market. Throw a new, put, change your name. Yeah. Right? Would you recommend yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I love Frank's, what Frank has done and like rebranding his facility and just seeing that change enough that it's like, okay, it's enough of a difference, but the product is staying the same. The it's, same. You know, yeah, yeah. you have the same product. You're still getting people results. It's not like we're asking you to, I think a lot of gym owners get too attached to their gym as their identity. I think so too. Interesting. And Interesting. so it's like the thought of even changing the name, I bet that makes people uncomfortable that okay. are listening to this. They're sure. like, well, I can't change my name. This is who I am. This is my gym. I came up with a name. Do you name. like money? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. And ultimately, like, I love the fact that the, the service isn't changing. The mission isn't changing. The conversation we're having is not about the delivery system. It's about the business. And a lot of the gym owners, and back to the podcast that we've been talking about lately, is where to keep your focus to grow your business. Your tread, what did you say before we got on? Like people, don't buy to, people, people aren't come signing up because of your treadmills. treadmills. Like yeah. they don't care, right? It's it's the client experience and it's encompassing. It's the environment. It's the community. It's the it's so much bigger than just the result that they're going to receive. That all plays into it. Your rebrand is not about the equipment, right? You made a transition with equipment. You got rid of ninety percent of it at one point, mm. but yeah, that didn't just, yep. it didn't reinvent this influx of people running through no your doors because we lost that, people. Yeah. We right? lost a lot of people. But at the end of the day, the the conversation that changed 
was why people decided to walk into the gym and not back out. Does that, Amanda oh. need a refill? Oh man, is she slacking over yeah. here? Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Like ten years in, can you? Are, are, okay, that's all water. Uh, okay. uh, no, like look, look at the color of your whiskey. It's, just... It was basically the ice cubes. I was hoping that you wouldn't see, but I'm you all saw. over it. You're calling me. We won't around. hurt you. We won't hurt you. Round two. Uh, see how this goes? I know. Whiskey Wednesday. <laughs> see, you ha- see, and she had a tease, Rick, too, about the Whiskey Wednesday. Did he Did he text you back? I don't know. My phone's uh, out there. Check. <laughs> shout Rick. out. Yeah, sh- shout out. Shout, shout out, Rick, out Rick. Rick. Yeah. Okay. So we got 600 members. Okay. One question I think that's probably brewing in the minds of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Like, well, hey, Orange Theory, you got 600 members because it's Orange Theory. Like, I am Joe's gym. Yep. Like, how do I? Like, that's the reason you got 600 is that true? I believe it's the number one limiting belief of why people aren't successful at pre-sales is that you, if you believe that the reason you're not selling is because of your brand or because of whatever, then you're not going to be successful. It's like you have to believe that this process will work. I like her. She talks all the things that make sense. It's like me. you have to believe because like, yes, of course, the brand at, the, yes, 2016, that studio opened. But I'll tell you what, like there were studios open when we did you know we were first to market like in utah mm-hmm. and that was no brand awareness that studio still Good opened point. with sure. like 375 are now. they still there yeah they're in utah yeah no, the one in oregon oh yeah oregon's crushing well, it it's well grown, to be honest but with you is orange theory still not closed one location still yet? not closed a single location single? across the world yeah that's pretty unique right that does, yeah that's not it doesn't normal? it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen like, a thousand yeah yeah rick mentioned that in his episode so i was like oh, dude that's all pretty damn that's, cool that's, yeah that's that's crazy in the in the in this industry and as finicky as fitness can be i want to bring up a stat i heard you maybe you know the answer is it true that the average orange theory client lasts three months no i would say from my understanding at least from when I left, when I exited Orange Theory is like the, at that point, the average length of stay, I believe was seven months. Okay. But you still got to turn and burn that. That person's gone seven months. Yeah. So we did our our numbers here and yeah. I kind of showed, you don't really probably know a lot about our model, but we have a group training level and we got personal training level. And, and the price point is like $199 and under for this group training level and then $350 and over for this mod, this side. Uh, for our team training, it's 9.8 months. For our high level, it's 36 months. Wow. That's a big difference. It's amazing. But you, Orange Theory, would live in this $100 kind of, right? Yeah, right? 150 like 130 So, so it's point. in line. So it's Direct in line. Direct correlation to the amount of money that people are investing to their length of stay. Okay. And, and, right? And you You're and Rick were in alignment. Rick was 10 months. Month. I was yeah. 9.8. Nine, he was yeah. 10. I was 36, he was 38, so it's like identical mm-hmm. for the same price mm-hmm. points, mm-hmm. Uh, which would make sense. So, because we're very similar markets, different states. Yeah, and you know, you have to think at that lower price point, you're also, you become more accessible to the general population, okay. meaning that people that are making $12 an hour can choose to afford an Orange Theory Fitness membership if they cut out Starbucks, cut out sure. whatever. Like they can, cho- they can choose to afford a ninety-nine dollar to a one fifty-nine dollar a month membership. Sure, sure. But there's also life things that come up a lot more often for that demographic. So it's that can in out. Yeah. So on an average, well, I, I you know you're not with Orange Theory anymore. So I, should, <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't even ask you anymore. Like that, I just wanted to know about the screen. Yeah. yeah. So that was just a stat I heard. Length okay. of stay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Guys, it's no different than your facilities where you have clients staying less than a year. They have to turn and burn. So they they went from 600 to 1,048. Yeah. 
to almost double, right? And they had to replace people constantly. So it's just part of it. No, and it comes back to just what you want to be known for, who you want to serve, knowing the niche, knowing your avatar client, the lifetime, you mentioned the lifetime value of your client. That is such a crucial aspect of of knowledge and then how you implement that into the people you're trying to attract. We know the 80-20 rule in your business. We mm-hmm. know, you know the, the value ladder and all of that. But ultimately, the data that you've received is what you turn around and you can help other people skip the struggles, the, the figuring it out. And that's why somebody like you has value to a grand opening. Yep. Yeah. I'll go back to say, you know, the whole belief piece is like, yes, you have to believe in yourself to do a successful presale. And yes, an unknown brand. But I think that an unknown brand actually in mom and pop shop in a market They also have some barriers that they don't have. It's like people, there are people that want to be a part of something that is not the brand that is all over the place. And so I believe that you, in that pre-opening phase, yes, you're going to probably have to work a little bit harder from a brand awareness perspective. But at the same point, you also have the opportunity to utilize that to your advantage of that. You aren't just the same, you know, you aren't just the the next cycling studio that's doing the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. you're different. And here's why we're different. Here's what we have that makes we're smaller. We have more hands-on, you know, personal training attention. Like what is the thing knowing your unique selling points? I help clients craft. What's your 30 second elevator pitch? Because in pre-sales, you need to be able to pique someone's interest when you're in a parking lot lot quickly. And so if you're like, oh, and we do this and we have this training and it's small group and it's large group. And then you might do these dumbbell things. And so it's like, whoa, okay, you lost me. Whoa, too much, too much. (laughs) So it's like, what is, what are the unique selling points? If you were to identify like for your gym um, here, it's like, what are the top three unique selling points that makes Pulse different from other training gyms that are Mm -hmm. in the area? Are you asking me? A lot of things. Number one, we obviously every every client here has a coach, so we have uh, custom programming. We do the whole gamut from nutrition, stretch therapy, which is recovery, which we, which we preach quite a bit about, and we have our for our metabolic conditioning all the way through our strength training. So the total package, all in one. Yeah. Versus metabolic conditioning only, or just strength training strength only, training. or yep. recovery yep. only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So your unique selling point would be that we are an all-in-one package in a, in a one-hour workout with a personal coach. You have an all-in-one package that includes metabolic conditioning, you know, powerful strength training and recovery. Perfect. Thank you. Just call, it, it, it speaks right into the things that we've been talking about lately and the difference between our content to clients play, right? Yep. In a grand or in a pre-sale opportunity, you have the opportunity to deliver to your marketplace nothing but beautiful content. They need to know what makes you different than the gym down the street before you're selling an, a number. And it this, again, goes right back to where gyms are now still trying to do that. Everybody is so hung on this number and like slapping clients in the face. But the mission that really is getting people through the door and getting people to buy into the culture, the belief systems, the the gym and the mission that you're on is the storytelling, is the we do the same exact thing with our content to clients play. We get on the phone and we break down the pillars of their business. What makes you unique versus that gym down the, down the street? Let's go vertical in there. Like what, what can we speak to within each of these lanes that makes sense to the consumer from a perceived value? Not because 
again, right? Gym owners were way too educated, or they're way too educated yeah. in their realm, right? Yeah. Like I always relate it to nobody cares about the rotational force generated. So, no, like your client wants to look naked and feel better about themselves. Like talk about that. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, and so, but you can create that brand messaging ahead of asking for the sale because you can't, you know, because you, you don't have that opportunity yet. So I love the fact that, like you said, from a business standpoint, shift your focus to marketing and sales before having to facilitate the actual delivery system of the result. Yeah, that's what I get out of this. It's just like, you got to go all in 16 weeks ish. You know, obviously you got construction and everything else. Yeah. Uh, being in the construction industry for years, uh, I know that it never <laughs> ends on time. I managed this one, it was still a month late. So what do you want to tell, <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> it's never your fault, guys. It's not the GC. It's not that. It's it's the cities, the permitting. All of that's it's, gonna take time. It well, happens ever, all for the time. us. It's just it was just lazy workers. Pretty much it. takes time. Like, Either way, hey, the trench is open. Like, why isn't there somebody here I mean, laying? They, maybe I should have been here. They seem oh. to work pretty hard for me. I'm yeah, just well, <laughs> you're prettier than me. Yeah, I was gonna say right back to the headshot or something. Yeah, like, just apply this headshot on the door. I, I'm just telling you, I yeah, it I always takes longer. Yep, it always yeah, takes so anticipate, longer. Anticipate more time than what you're being told. Have you ever had never. one from the day the permit left? You did. Okay, I don't want to touch. Yeah, barely. The, there was. You mean that like took. No. So, or the barely got open, or no? That like... just said this is when we're opening, and it opened, and on everything that day. happened oh. perfectly. <laughs> give me, a, give me out of sixteen. Oh man, no, zero, no right? zero, never. Okay. There's always zero. something. And if so, you're and opening so... a gym, oh, yeah. like, take this. This yeah, yeah, is yeah. probably the most valuable piece. Do if you, if you can start here and, and listen to the rest, <laughs> do not say when you're opening. <laughs> Do yeah. not ever say we are opening on October fifteenth. Say we're gonna open in the fall in the fall of twenty nineteen <laughs> in Q one of twenty twenty. And then as you get closer, make your communication get closer and closer. But yep. having made that mistake a lot, like these are the little mistakes that's like you lose members from what you say, you lose members yes. from what you do. Right. So it's like you don't have to make all these little mistakes. Just make sure that you say say the right thing through yep. the process. So PFMarketingSolutions.com slash pre-sales. <laughs> We're going to link over to your course from Great. there. Oh, yeah. Great. Great. Help them through that process. <laughs> don't make my mistakes. No, it's going to your course. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where we're going to send them. But thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I mean, I, I the numbers are, are nuts, right? And for you guys, it's normal. Like for your crew in the franchise world, it's right. normal. When I, when I opened with like whatever, 80, 100 clients, I thought it was top of the world, right? It was a great job. Yeah, but but if I think back, it came down to a couple things. It was, I was always in it. I was super animated, excited. I was calling everybody. I was, there was nothing. I didn't know a damn thing about what I was going to do in that gym, but I was calling everybody. So excited. Man, I can't, hey, thank you for, hey, I saw you stop by. His range time to come in. And like, and we were just like walking the studio. And again, it was dirt. It was concrete floors. And it was just, I told the story to the team and they were like, huh, what are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> like, what? And, and the, you have one opportunity. You will. It's a lot easier to sell in a pre-sale than it is when you're opening. The numbers don't lie. Go all in. And if you're a gym that's open, which many of, probably the majority of every person listening is currently operating in a facility, Amanda's advice is to say, set something in stone and then like focus for eight weeks, six, Beautiful. 10 weeks, 12 weeks, and all in. And you know, maybe roll back to founders rate. I don't know what the, the hook is because a lot of the result is based on the offer. We know that. The, yeah, a lot of the yeah, weight. The is, leads, the amount of leads you're getting, the lead it's based on the offer. Like you talked about founders rate is the big kicker for the grand opening with like a founders rate kind of like trial before. 
if you're doing a re-grand opening, maybe it's we're going to roll it back to 2009 and we're going to give you our rates from 2009 yeah, for even, one month. Even at you, that, there's nothing crazy about any of those offers, right? Like you mentioned it's it's a low barrier or a reduced rate. Cool. They're it's locking a free it in. week. It's a free two week. Like it's there's nothing here that's but they're shiny build, ball. they're building on the hype of a new. That's the what, new yeah. Yeah. you're only new once. And then if you want to be new again, you you change the sign and now you're XYZ <laughs> fitness and we're in the same it's the same bank account that your money's <laughs> going into. So But if you're like averaging net net eight and you can double or triple that, like you're averaging net ten members a month and then you go net twenty members a month for two or three months because of your focus on sales yeah. and marketing. Yeah. Well then those twenty members then that duplicates from referrals and everything else. And like an additional net 20, depending on your facility size over the period of eight weeks, it's worth it. If their length of stay is a year, year and a half or two years. That goes back to knowing your client. Knowing your client value. Yep. So perfect, guys. That We'll end on that, guys. Amanda, thank you so much for coming. Thank you to Whiskey Wednesday. (laughs) I think just for anybody that's just tracking, I think we're four in. She's (laughs) one one, and a half. One and a half. Maybe a half. Maybe a tenth. Maybe a quarter. Uh, is, are we going to like keep a tally? Like, are, are, are people are going to get at us? Like, how many we've had? Oh, you guys had three and a half in that episode. You yeah. bump those numbers up. Those are amateur numbers. Like, you know what they do is they look at the bottle at the beginning of the episode <laughs> and then they fast forward to the end. Oh, by the way, if you're if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, go to Built to Grow Podcast on YouTube. You'll check out the episode. You can see what we're doing, making silly faces, and you'll watch the the bottle go down <laughs> as we drink bottles. Water. That's we right. Two, we had two in rotation. Yeah, two, two in different rotation. Different variations. Absolutely. Great job, guys. Hey, I appreciate you. You're part of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. And Go team. Until next time, keep changing lives and build something great. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Built to Grow podcast. And if you're not subscribed already, be sure to do that right now by clicking the subscribe button on Apple iTunes. And if you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you do us a quick favor, rate and review the podcast. See, this lets the platform know that we're doing something right and people like the content. It would be a huge help and we'd be extremely grateful. And if you're interested in growing your fitness business as well, go ahead and head on over to timlyonsbook.com and pick up a free copy of my book, Built to Grow. Until next time, keep building something great.